Well, 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 look what made it into your podcast feed. It's us. So glad you're listening. It's been four or five months, but we just decided, you know, we should keep this sports podcast thing going. Yeah, two of our favorite teams won championships in a 69-day period. Nice. But, uh, and it could have been the end of sports for us. Almost was for me personally, but, uh, you know, we should keep the sports podcast thing going. So we got together and we have a fresh new Let the Meat Takes primed and ready for you. We're going to be talking about all sorts of sports. We're going to be uh, open up with a little bit of NBA. We're going to talk a little bit of soccer. That's right. We're talking soccer this time. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball, what's going on in college football, and the future of developing quarterback prospects for the collegiate level. You're not going to want to miss this one. It keeps getting better and better as we go. So, uh, yeah, this is Let the Meat Takes. to the Warriors last night. They lost, but I didn't watch anything. All I knew is they lost. The the Warriors this year, they play like the, well, I guess vintage Warriors now, because it's actually been a few years. They play like the vintage Warriors like 75% of the time, and then for 25% of the time, they just randomly play like the Sacramento Kings. And that's what they've been all year long. And there's been times where it showed up in the playoffs, like you saw that a lot against Memphis, where it was like, oh, they're both good teams, but Golden State's like a veteran team, and they've won championships. Like, they'll be more solid and reliable, and that's why they'll win the series. And they looked like the team that was like occasionally just randomly full of rookies, like dribbling off their shoe and just throwing it out of bounds. So Golden State has been, when they've really been clicking, they've been amazing, but they have not consistent a lot this year. Yeah. So that's, that's a serious answer. I saw somewhere that uh, Draymond Green was going to guard anything everywhere at all times and no one could stop him. But when you see that 40 number underneath the fourth quarter column, that tells me maybe Draymond Green wasn't everywhere at all times. Like he yeah, wasn't he, got, he got eaten by the bagel. <laughs> he got taken by the everything bagel. <laughs> <sighs> I haven't really watched a lot of NBA Finals games, but I've enjoyed some of the the backlash and backlash to the backlash on Twitter. Like when apparently that Miami Heat fan started twerking on some statue in downtown Boston. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was quality. Occasionally a sports internet shows up and it's really worth it. You know. Oh. Man, it's been a while since we've been able to talk some sports. Three of us. Not, like, live and in person. We Discord chat all day. Yeah, I mean, last time we talked, Jock Peterson hadn't been slapped over fantasy football. <laughs> so I kind of know what happened with that. But I feel like... So how did I, I think I know what happened there, but how did Mike Trout get involved? I kept seeing headlines with Mike Trout. I don't know. Is he in the fantasy football league? Yeah, somebody asked me if she was in the fantasy football league. I, think. I don't know. I kept seeing like some sort of people trying to draw a connection. I don't know. Here's what here's what I think we should do, how we should start. We need to get all our thoughts out on the different sports. So I could set a timer for each, each sport, and then we can move on. And then after that, we can cover anything we didn't. Sounds good. So we just started with the NBA, so I'm not going to set a timer for that. I'm, all, I'm first. I'm going to find the timer app on my phone. So Lisa, all right, you want to start with baseball since we already hit in there? Five minutes on the clock for baseball. The Mets are winning all the games. Yeah, I'm, I have a hard time believing what's happening in baseball is real because the Mets should never be this good. Look, if you pick the Mets to be the clear division favorite for eight years in a row, one of those years they'll actually be a playoff team. Yep. I mean, that like, makes sense. Like a, a blind squirrel a bro- does find the nut. 
The broken clock is right twice a day. In this case, it's right like one to one and a half times a day because there's five teams in a division, so you should still win it every five <laughs> years. But I digress. I did see that yesterday. I guess Lindor smashed his finger in his hotel door. It was scratched Classic. or something. I was like, that's I, the I most love Mets a good, headline. <laughs> I, I love a good non-baseball baseball injury where it's like, <laughs> forearm tightness, played too much Guitar Hero. Scratch from this week's start. My fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pitcher was playing. He was. I hadn't played his acoustic guitar in a while. And he's he those calluses weren't built up. And so he sliced it open on a string. Missing. There was one guy that actually was was from Guitar Hero, not even a real guitar. Oh, that's a real that was a real headline. I thought you were making that up. Nope. Oh my What did he have? Purple tunnel syndrome? That's something <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah. Look, a, a guitar hero c- controller has more in okay. common with a keyboard than it has an it actual was, guitar. It was Joel Zumaya. Ooh, I vaguely remember him. Yeah, he was like actually good. This was 2006. Yeah. It was a long time. I mean, it's guitar oh, hero days. Oh, that's, right. <laughs> that's the peak guitar hero right there. It was. Oh. Uh, that was back when people started listening to Dragon Force. And, uh, yeah, because they were playing through the fire and the flames on Guitar Hero. <laughs> That's how Good it time. goes, just like that. Also, the Yankees seem to never want to lose also, uh, either. They look it's funny strong. how when you just have a bottomless pit of money, it like raises your floor. Yeah, just like well, the, the Dodgers. The, the, yeah, the Dodgers are unbeatable unless they're playing the cheapest sports team in the history of baseball. Unless they're playing Pittsburgh the Pirates. Pirates. Who swept them at home, right? <laughs> Oh, who? In, L- in L.A. Classic. It who, was in L.A., right? I'm not making that up. I have not, I'm not sure. Who gave that, that awesome take about what the what do the uh, Dodgers and Amber Heard have in common? We both get owned by pirates. <laughs> I don't know where I saw it. It was definitely on Twitter, but I one don't of know. Y- one of y'all posted it on it. It, it was John. Ah. I posted it, but a lot of people were making that on Twitter. Um, Do you think the Dodgers also defecate in the bed? <laughs> they did against Pittsburgh. Ooh. Yeah, it was in it was at Dodger Stadium, three game series. Yeah. Just swept. So uh, Braves, two games below five hundred, picking up right where basically all of last season left off. Yes. Yeah. I wish we could save some of the runs from yesterday because we blew the doors off the Diamondbacks. Or excuse me, the Rockies. I mean, the Mets are the only team in the East that's actually been good. Like yeah, Braves, really Phillies, and Marlins have just kind of all been okay. I'd rather be okay with a better record than like the Marlins, who have sneakily been okay but still have a bad record. And the Nationals, of course, are trash. But here's a uh, Ian Anderson. See them at the bottom. Ian Anderson pitched yesterday, and he had a real, a real uh, Coors Field ass line. Six innings pitched, ten hits, five earned runs, nine strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, He's like, some of these should have been fly balls. What is this? <laughs> yeah, sounds Darno, like Darno smashed a grand slam yesterday. So. Yeah, he had six RBIs. I mean, it, that was a 13 to 6 game, which is a very Coors Field game. It is. Guys, I want to go to a game at Coors Field so bad. I just think it would be great to just sit that there and watch. Fun. Baseballs defy gravity while I defy my liver with how much Coors Light I'm going to drink. Well, day. the baseballs this year only kind of defy gravity. All right. Did something happen with Earth gravitational force in the offseason? No, they changed the ball again in the offseason. No, all the gravitational constants have stayed the same, but the Major League Baseball has not. Oh. I mean, right. they've been doing this for like five years now, right? Where they just randomly change the baseball. I think that's so stupid. Oh. Oh, like we're going to use the rubber filling got harvested from some rubber farm in Sri Lanka instead of one in Beirut. One of those type you, deals. You need that Sri Lankan rubber. I just can't think of another sport that does it this way. We're like season to season, you're having a very significant change in a very key and essential piece of the sport. Like it's not like, oh, you know, the bases are going to be made of stone now or something, and I don't know. They're going to be not raised. They're going to be just like level with the land. Like it's the freaking ball. And it's the game of inches where even like the slightest tweak. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just dumb. And I, I, you know, I don't play baseball, but 
No, heard, it's a it's a I've big, heard major league deal. pitchers bitch about it, so Yeah. The pitchers <laughs> and the hitters, everybody is seems pretty annoyed by it. I mean this year because the ball doesn't fly so far, I don't think the pitchers have been complaining too terribly much. <laughs> but trade offs, baby. But even then from like in past years when this was going on, they were sort of using baseballs from a couple different sources or maybe from one source but a couple slightly different variations of the baseball so from one game to the next you might get a ball that was better for pitchers or a ball that was better for hitters you know and and then pitchers were just you know they're like please just can we have the same ball every time um yeah it's insane i'm picturing some guy with a trench coat standing outside of the MLB offices. And then when Robert Manfred or somebody walks up to him, he pulls, he just opens up his trench coat. Says, look, I got a lot of balls right here. What do got one right here? Got one right here. This one. What kind of season you want to have, Rob? You want to have a pitcher's year or at a slughouse here? Yeah, I got a It would be like, it would be like for football if they would just like randomly roll out like a really fast turf surface or just occasionally roll out like really thick, slow grass. You know what I mean? And it'd be like, oh, we're not sure what surface we're playing on today. We'll just wing it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a thing in college, or is still a thing in college football, because I know, uh, I remember teams used to have different kinds of cleats when they go play in uh, Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, because something about that turf was like incredibly ticky and tacky. It made it easier yeah, for it players sucked. to get hurt. Thus earning its nickname, Neyland Stadium. <laughs> I do remember there have been many uh, Georgia Bulldogs to get hurt on that field. Yep. Um, okay, so anything else about baseball before we move on? I like we, Universal um, DH. I'm a yeah, Universal DH is an obvious win. Um, we are all shocked that the Braves' uh, approach to save a couple extra million dollars means that you're like one player short on basic season depth. You know, mm-hmm. in the outfield, absolutely astounded. Um, <laughs> Dansby Swanson is still Dansby Swanson, where he's like, you know, part time Mike Trout, part time Dan Ugla, and he just oscillates back and forth for like a month or two at a time. <laughs> Very accurate. Right now, he's Matt Olson's been fine or whatever, but he's been fine. Yeah, this is the. This is the Liberty Media who owns Formula One, and they couldn't find a little extra money. Formula One. We're not even talking about Freddie Freeman. Formula. We're not talking about Freddie Freeman. We're talking about keeping guys, you know, having some more veterans in the outfield. Like, come on. Has anyone looked at Freddie's numbers this year? Yeah, they're good, of course. He's Freddie Freeman. His power's down, but they're good. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody's power is kind of down right now, right? That's true. Um, okay. Uh, I, yeah. Good. I, I don't actually know how many home runs he has. I haven't looked in four. A little bit. Yeah, he has four. I think like Olsen has six. They just uh, home runs, you know, come and go. But also, yeah, the ball's a little dicey. Not a great time to build your team around a bunch of home run hitters, though. I will say that. True. All right. Let's uh, switch. You want to do college foosball? Five, five-ish minutes for college foosball? We had yeah, a... Off-season talk! Whee! We had a last stretch there of uh, the crazy-ass Nick Saban. Yeah, I and, have um... to say, of, of all the off-seasons, like this time of year is usually just boring. Like, Don't even bother paying attention to what's going on in college football because you're talking about you know what walk-on might get a scholarship somewhere, but oh my goodness, all this stuff of NIL and um, just saving, all the, giving yeah, you Nick content, Jimbo. giving you content, so, so much content. F- it feels like, I mean, I don't think there's anything to be said that hasn't already been said, but it feels like Saban's kind of like sees the end and he's like, oh, I'm going to start saying what I want <laughs> and not really caring. Yeah, I mean, I think the older, which also usually means like more established coaches, have a little more leeway to say whatever they want. And he's closer to being on his way out, right? Where bad 
NIL takes or whatever aren't going to hurt him in like five years if he's retired. So he can just kind of <laughs> say whatever, right? But yep. the other thing too is often lost in this discussion, what Saban said was allegedly a private meeting. Saban's old. He doesn't remember that phones exist and everything gets recorded. But it was a private meeting where he was there with Alabama boosters raising money for the Alabama NIL. (laughs) Right? So he was saying, we got outbid on NIL by Texas A&M. We need to start paying more. That's what he was saying. Yep. But he's Nick Saban, so he can't say that. So he has to say, we didn't pay for any of our players. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. He has to, yeah. He's trying to sell it to the boosters, right? He's trying to play it up. Man. Um, homeboy's response was so good. Jimbo's? Jimbo Fisher's, yeah. He, he just, he sounded like a, I mean, everyone I've known, many pissed off Southern, Southern men like that. Like, let me tell you, he wants to do that. He's going to wish he had. It's like super indignant. He I was know. indignant, man. Yeah, which is extra funny because, like. They, they play each other this year. I wonder what's going to happen in that game. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're probably going to get trounced because Alabama's going to be really good this year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, like, yeah, Jimbo Fisher at this point is, like, overly indignant. It's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, everybody knows that they did buy all those players. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, there are a bunch of beat writers at the Athletic who are ready to disagree with that just because they'll say, oh, well, this first originated off of some 24 7 Oklahoma board. That, oh, that was the first time big... somebody put a number to how much the whole class allegedly cost. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that there's any truth to that number, right? And that's just a random rumor. But there were a lot, a lot of guys in Texas A&M's class that, you know, just sort of did a quick 180 in their recruitment once the NIL stuff started coming into play, right? It's right. Like, oh, this guy's looking at like Miami and Alabama and Georgia, and he's from Miami, and he might take a visit to Texas A&M. And then all of a sudden, he just immediately committed to A&M. It's like, oh, interesting, you know, those, those did, quick turnabouts. It did happen very much like, I think it was that 2013, 2012 Ole Miss recruiting class where you had a bunch of guys like hard committed to Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and other places. And then all of a sudden they're like committed to Ole Miss sight unseen. Yeah. That language. Right. And, and, you know, lost in the discussion of just, oh, they had a good class and whatever. We've seen what Texas A&M has been doing recruiting under Jimbo, which is consistently recruiting very well. But they've been like fifth, sixth, eighth in the nation, really good classes. But there's a really, really big gap between where they've been and where like Georgia and Alabama have been. So they went from a really big gap behind. NIL is the only thing that changed, not their staff, not their approach, just NIL. And they went from a really big gap behind to jumping way past Georgia and Alabama and signing on paper far and away the best recruiting class of all time. Of all time. So it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's kind of hard to see any possible. Like, you can't really even make up a scenario where NIL didn't like play a major role, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it's it's whatever. They were just a little bit more aggressive about NIL, right? The rule with NIL is you're not allowed to use it as an inducement, meaning you can't use it as a recruiting tool to say, "Come here." <laughs> yeah, Texas A&M was a little bit more aggressive and a little bit better. It's better right now, unless they were sloppy about it and getting busted for it later. But right mm-hmm. now, better about saying, hey, if you were to come here, guys like 
you know, recruits of your stature at your position could expect to have NIL deals, something like this with these types of companies. And you basically just lay out all the details, mm-hmm. but you just do it in a, in a technically hypothetical manner. Right? Right. So they were they did it more that way. They're not the only school that's done it that way. You know, Tennessee has done it that way. A lot of schools are doing it that way. Uh, both Alabama and Georgia were a little bit more of the, hey, this isn't part of recruiting. Once you get here, then that'll sort itself out. Now, obviously, we've already had Nick Saban sort of going on record right? as, you know, being like, oops, that approach wasn't working. We got to get more money involved. Um, so we'll see. All that stuff's kind of behind the scenes, right? So it's hard to, like, right. tell what's going on except for the end results. So, lastly, for college football, I have seen recently some, maybe this is just on Twitter, but there's been a lot of, like, I don't know if this is a, a, a meme or a joke, but there's been a lot of Oregon fans saying they're going to beat us in the first game. And then, like, all these Georgia fans and reporters are, like, saving their receipts. I don't know if y'all have seen that or is this, that's I just have, my feed. I have not seen it, but it's not a wise bet. I mean, is this the is this Oregon team going to be more talented or less talented than any Auburn team that Bo Nix played on? Probably less. I don't know. It's they just fun. lost a bunch of dude. Like some of their best players just went in this past draft. So I'm just curious what their returning production is going to be like. Oh gosh, I don't follow. We lost person. a lot of Georgia. Lost a lot of dudes in the draft too. Right. It's, but because because they rotate a lot, the, the production is... I, I, I just find it hard to believe they'll, in the very first game, the new coach, possibly new quarterback, on the road against defending national champion. I, I just... Well, here's, a, here's an argument that gets played by both, by both sides about whether or not, how he thinks the game's going to go. Look who's going to play quarterback for Georgia. It's well, that's the thing. That's what some of the minute. that's what some of the Oregon fans were saying. Like, we're so but, happy that Stetson's starting, kind of shit. That's what they were saying, which is like perfect bullet port, bulletin board material if, in fact, they needed any. But I don't know, man. I feel like he's got. I don't know. Li- I don't know. Put but... Bo Nix and Stetson Bennett against each other. Like, sure, Bo's got that raw talent, but. I've also seen Bo melt down in many an Auburn game <laughs> mentally, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're actually, interestingly, not all that dissimilar of quarterbacks in a lot of ways, yeah. other than just the height and weight. Right. Um, you know, Bo Nix's ceiling is way, way, way higher, but what you get in, what you get from the quarterback position week in and week out, you know, is doesn't quite match up to that talent quarterbacks also get better as they you know progress in college right because there's a big learning curve um he's being matched back up with one of his three offensive coordinators he had in his three years at auburn so interestingly transferring across the country as far away as he possibly could bar hawaii will actually have him with a known offensive coordinator for the first time in his college career. That's true. So it it's not impossible that things could click decently well for Oregon right away. Um, generally, with first-year coaches, it takes a while. In year one, the results are less than the sum of the parts. And then year two, things click a lot better, right? We're sort of in a new era with the actual transfer era so you know our team's better equipped to actually be good in year one when you can actually pick the quarterback that you want to transfer and bring in a senior quarterback who has worked with your offensive coordinator before you have to wait to year two of the coaching staff to be good or can you be good in year one because you used to be restricted to only whatever grad transfer quarterback was available and before that, you know, you had nothing. Um, <laughs> so 
yeah, there's definitely some unknowns about how how good they're going to be right away. I mean, Georgia's 17-point favorites for a reason. Yeah. So, there's it that. Could get, it could get ugly fast. The Yeah, the returning offensive production for Georgia's pretty good. I think I think it's like 70%. Like, they're bringing back a lot of guys. And I think Stetson Bennett's never had the benefit of being the unquestioned starter during an offseason. And I'm not 100% sure that he is, because I was at the, the spring game, and I thought Carson Beck maybe showed a little more potential as a pure passer than Stetson did. Well, everybody on the roster has more potential than Stetson. Exactly. <laughs> We're past that argument. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the crux of the argument. It's like, don't quit betting against this guy. He's got a ring. This is, you know, it's his job until it isn't. <laughs> but. So, um, as, as far as pure talent and stuff goes, just by recruiting rankings, um, last year, Oregon was ranked as the ninth most talented team, and Auburn was the 14th most talented team. Okay. Um, now, there's not a huge gap um, between those teams, which is not unusual, right? Like the eighth best team in college football and the 14th best team in college football on a neutral field, that's like a field goal line or something, right? That's a pretty close, pretty even game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't cranked out the next year's numbers. But, yeah, I mean, Oregon has a, a talented team, right? They'll probably... I don't know if they'll still be top 10 in total talent because first-year head coach, she brought in probably a small class, and there's a lot of transfers in and out. I haven't kept up with all their stuff, um, all their transfers. I mean, I know they've had a good bit going on, but they'll be a pretty talented team, pretty on par with a lot of those Auburn teams. The problem for them is that, you know, where Georgia is as far as team talent especially the last couple of years, which is basically tied for number one with Alabama, there's a big gap between that and, like, the 10th team, talent-wise. Right. True. All right, I'm going to switch gears. Is that okay? Switch it. We're switching. I'm going to go with gear real that, good. that might lead to crickets from y'all, but it is. I, I have. I I'm have just waiting until the World Cup. Listen, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> switching gears to soccer. Because oh. I have been incredibly active on Twitter, soccer, soccer Twitter, because y'all, there are some dumb people on Twitter. I know. You heard really? it here first. You don't sigh. My Lord in heaven. Like, <clears throat> so the U.S. is qualified for the World Cup. They did not, I'm kind of giving a recap in case folks don't know. Uh, they did not qualify for the last World Cup, the um, 2018 edition. Um, this 2022 edition, they did. It normally would start in like a couple weeks, but since they're hold, having it in like the hottest country in the world or something in the middle of the desert, like maybe we shouldn't have it in the middle of summer. Let's wait till mm-hmm. the their winter or whatever. So it's starting the week of Thanksgiving. I think the first the first slate of games is the Monday of Thanksgiving week, and the U.S. plays on day one. They're the fourth game of the day, which is the latest start, which is good for audiences here. It'll be like two p.m. Eastern. Maybe 3 p.m. Eastern, something. Okay, so, no so it'll be like noon my time. Yeah, 11 a.m. or noon. So no, like getting up at 5 a.m. Now there is a 5 a.m. Eastern kick. It's the first game of the day. So we wanted to real see that fans. One. Right. No casuals anyway, here, baby. <clears throat> anyway, so then you have you have a lot of things happening at once. You have the U.S. team preparing for the World Cup. That's one thing, right? And then next to that, you have all these really young, great American players and what their club situations are like and what's the best fit for them to continue developing and get playing time. That's like issue number two. And so it's interesting how, and then I guess to, to a lesser degree, the third thing is MLS and how it fits in everything. So you have on Twitter this like, man, the takes are ridiculous. It's like, for example, Pulisic, who's widely regarded as our best player. Some people would argue it's Weston McKinney. Some people would say it's Giovanni Reyna. It's clearly Pulisic. Like, let's relax. He plays for Chelsea. Um, and at Chelsea, he's really struggled to start and um, 
have consistency and hasn't scored or assisted on as many goals as people would like. What is also true is no one on that Chelsea team is doing that because the coach does not care about how consistent his offense is. He's more of a defensive-minded coach. So there's not like a player that's like outshining, and he rotates between a series of like five or six attackers like month to month because he's just like trying to find someone to do something, and no one's really having any joy there. So then you get on Twitter, and you have the people like, oh, Pulisic clearly outclassed. He is not fit for this stage. He needs to go back to like a league that where he's actually good. And I'm just like, oh my God, do you guys even watch the games? Are you just like, what are we talking about? And so then they come play for the U.S., right? And so the U.S. played in Morocco, um, not last night. I think it was the night before, Wednesday evening. A very Morocco. big, rocking, vibrant crowd. Yes, yes. We'll get to the crowd. That's, that's... So Morocco is a, is a World Cup team. They qualify for the World Cup. Now, like, that's kind of a quick way to say they're not crappy. You know, they're maybe yeah, not they the best they team. They field world, a real team on purpose. But they have a real ass team. They qualify for the World Cup. You don't just accidentally sneak into the World Cup. You may not do very well, but like, yeah. So they also have like some legit players on this team. They have their right back is like the starting right back for PSG, which I hear is a pretty good team. <laughs> they, their starting goalkeeper is one of the best keepers in the Spanish league, Sevilla. And they have a player named. Terrapt, and he's started like all over Britain, like in the lower leagues and in the Premier League. And their best player is Ziyech, who plays w- at Chelsea with Pulisic. Um, now he's in like a spat right now with the coach; so he's not with the team. So we'll see if he actually plays for Morocco moving forward. So he was not with the team anyway. The U.S. played them off the field Wednesday night. Like it was like not even close. It was never in doubt. Everyone was awesome. And this team is not that the rankings mean much. They really don't. They were ranked like 24th or something. So this is like a real team, though. This is like a real team. And you would have thought that, like, it, it's kind of, it reminded me of those times where, like, like Georgia will play like a, I don't know, like a Sunbelt team or something. And we, and you get the, the fan who's like, well, we only beat them by 21 points. And, you know, we won like 35 to 14 or something like that. And they score that late touchdown or something. And people who actually watched the game, like, this was never in doubt. We owned the entire game. And so that's kind of what it was. It was like, yeah, folks were like, well, this is a friendly. And this team wasn't really trying. And I'm like, you can't win. Absolutely cannot win. Yeah. With uh, these dumb obviously, if you fans. lose that friendly, right, or yeah. die mm-hmm. or something, then the, the sky is falling. But if you look oh, at it and win, and, you know, it's a friendly, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. And so I, our soccer fans are just so dumb sometimes. And I'm not going to call them all dumb because I know we have some good ones who actually, I follow a couple of them who actually watch the games and see the value and like, man, this guy really played well against an actual real ass player. Like Pulisic is embarrassing. Well, he did it a couple times. Hakimi, who's the right back and played with PSG. Just easy. Just like doing stuff that like you're used to seeing like a Messi do to somebody. And I've never seen, I just remember the times when Americans weren't doing that. But we have all these jaded soccer fans who, that's like an expectation now. And I'm thinking back to the Landon Donovan days where I'm like, oh, please, God, Landon, just run at a defender. Stop passing. You're faster than them, Landon. Just run at him. And he would like seldom do it. <laughs> I don't know. So, yes. Yeah, so after the game, Pulisic uh, made some comments about the fans and how he wished there were more fans there. Because they played the game in Cincinnati and tickets were like $85 for a friendly. There was this big debate on Twitter about what is the right ticket price, what is the right venue, why does the U.S. keep scheduling games in the heartland and these smaller soccer-specific stadiums that hold about 25,000 in these smaller uh, markets. And there's re- there's reasons for, them, for that. Most of them are pretty bad, in my opinion. <laughs> but that was Pulisic's way of like saying, hey, we need to do better. Um, of course, everyone took that to mean like, he was calling out all American fans everywhere for not being passionate, which is not what he was doing, because Twitter is stupid. Ugh. You're making me nervous, Jonathan, because I go, I rely on Twitter to formulate my opinion on things, both big and small. I need to know. I, if the US I rely on Twitter for my personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place for that too. Gosh. I want to know 
who I need to be angry at at all times because if my anger is not directed at anyone, I don't know what will happen to me. I think I'll just turn into like the Blue Hulk or something. Yeah, he was. Yeah, his. There were like 6,000 empty seats in the stadium or something, was the number that I saw. And tickets were like $100. Um, but. Let me ask you a question. I see that uh, Ukraine and Wales are going to play for a qualifying spot in, the, mm-hmm. uh, in our Sunday, group. What is the amount of intrigue going to be if the United States has to play Ukraine in group stage? I was rooting hard for Scotland to beat Ukraine, and I'm going to be rooting hard for Wales to beat Ukraine because <laughs> I, the whole world will be rooting for Ukraine against us, and I just don't need that that psycho- psycho- see... psycho- psycho- psychological damage. Yeah, because I I know I know I feel like there'd be some people here in the U.S. who'd be like, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna root for Ukraine because that's Th- that's the thing. The, thing. To do. the the whole world already hates us and wants to beat us. You don't need to add in like also Ukraine. But you're not wrong. That's the other part of it is there gonna be fans here like America doesn't need this. We just need to root for Ukraine. And I'm gonna put my head through a window. I'm honestly gonna put my head through a window. Yeah, these are the same when... people who like. Well, remember I had that one friend who was on uh, Facebook. It's when the U.S. would play Mexico. He'd be like. <laughs> Well, the Mexican fans just are, just want it more, so we should just root for them and let them win. And I'm like, do you understand how sports work? Are you just like, are you a visitor to this planet? <laughs> like, what? Like, are you a Martian? Like, what the frick are you talking about, man? Ugh. So, yes, it's this Sunday. I don't know the time. I have to look it up. Um, but uh, I will be pulling for Wales. I'm sorry. I know that makes me we all we all know what Ukraine really needs right now is a World Cup appearance and maybe a World Cup group stage win. But if you ask every man, woman, and child in the country right now, that's what they really want. <laughs> um. Well, in other in other soccer news, last night Mexico played Uruguay and got their asses kicked, and it was delicious. Oh, no, it's it's only a friendly. It doesn't count. Oh, yeah, it doesn't count. Tata Martino, um, who, you know, I do. I did enjoy him when he was a coach at Lane United. He's having some trouble with Mexico. He started a very interesting formation with a very weird lineup, and Uruguay was like, okay, and <laughs> just diced him up. And we, U.S., plays Uruguay this Sunday at 5 o'clock. So, 5 o'clock Eastern. So... Oh boy. It's like a direct comparison to see where the two teams are at. Um, if we could sketch out a win, or not sketch out, what do I mean to say? All right. Eat so, out. sorry, wait. Do we have a game coming up? Who do we play? I just realized it's National Donut Day, so I got distracted. <laughs> oh boy. I've run out of time on soccer anyway. Okay, donuts. Five minutes I, uh, donuts. I'm going to pick uh, Uruguay to win that game one because i think i pronounced the name correctly two because um they they want it more than we do and three <laughs> their flag has the sublime sun in it they have a good and flag. that's hard they have a good flag as a kid say that shit's hard it's hard they had a really good flag um also I didn't will... they used to have a guy who just bite people's shoulders yeah yes <laughs> i don't know if he's with the team he that was retired. a long time ago. He might have retired they, from international play. He got booted from a game like a not like only, a... not only was he famous for biting people. It was caught on camera like three times, and two of those times it was in like 4K HD with like multiple angles. <laughs> like I saw a meme the other day is like where he was like. Oh, they didn't see me do it. I was like, bro, they got you on camera. They got you on 4K. How are they, they going to get you on 4K doing this? What's it even like sketchy cell phone camera? Ugh. I don't, uh, I'm looking up if he's with the team. They still have Cavani. No, he's not with the team right now. He's not. He didn't get called up for this group of games in any of it. Cavani scored two goals against Mexico. He's like, yeah. he's old, he's but man, 35. he's in five. I'm telling you, he's going to have one of those World Cups this fall if he can stay healthy. Like, their, uh, Uruguay went very deep in the World Cup. I want to say it was in South Africa. They had um, Diego Forlan. He was 36, and he just had that that last hurrah kind of tournament mm-hmm. where he just was like, I'm going to be the best player in this tournament, and no one can say otherwise. With, and, with Cavani, do you 
start him in the World Cup, or do you do the thing where you bring him on like at halftime or early in the second half and let him just be fresh and go get a goal every game? I think it really it's a good question. If his stamina just doesn't last, then you got to do the second. But if he's like, if he has the stamina for it, and I don't mean like, I mean he'll probably tell you he does. If he actually has the stamina for it, yeah. then you've got to you've got to ride him hard because he knows it's his oh, last tournament. <laughs> he, he knows it's he knows it's his last tournament. Does and he have? The, they still have the hair for it. Yeah, he's got the long hair. Yeah, I, I don't know what else they have up top either. So that plays a lot into it, right? Like if they still had mm-hmm. a Suarez, then that's the chomper, right? If yes, the chomper a, is not with yeah. the team. <laughs> but if if they still had somebody like Suarez, or if they had someone they could count on, you know, to be sort of a primary focus mm-hmm. or goal scorer, then it's a lot easier to let that young guy start and do their thing and then bring Cavani in later to add to that. But they may not have anybody. I'm I don't seeing know. Seeing that he was called into this camp, but I think he's out with an injury. So he's still in the mix. He could be there in the World Cup. He's the exact same age as Cavani. He's third. Now they got some young guns though. One of the one of their young strikers plays in Turkey, and he used to play for LAFC in the MLS. He scored a bunch of goals, fifty goals in their game. I mean, he's pretty good. They're, uh, Uruguay's uh, future like star player um, plays for Real Madrid and just won the uh, the Champions League. He's a midfielder named Valverde, and he's twenty three. And he's really effing good. <laughs> like, that's their new, like, the future is now kind of person. Oh, yeah. Justin yeah. just sent an image of the of the nibble. Oh, this is the, when he was with his club team, nibble. He bites <laughs> Giorgio Chiellini real good when he's with Uruguay. <laughs> like, a real chomp. Like, yeah, where Giorgio yeah. pulls his jersey down and you see mandible marks. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and they had good still shots of him, like, Mid bite action where he's just like, <laughs> like, are you hungry? Did you get hungry? Are you a cannibal? What is this? <laughs> shifting, shifting gears a little bit. You know who else was a chomper? Is a uh, rich strike. Yeah, uh, Kentucky Derby oh, winner. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he he won that race and he was talking his trash about it too. <laughs> well, Wait, I missed that. What are you talking about? The Kentucky Derby, which, I don't know, some weeks ago, some super-duper long-shot horse. I didn't know that was the horse's name. I saw the video. Yeah. So it was a really long-shot horse, came from, like, back in the pack and just, you know, had, like, an epic finish to to win it. And then Mm -hmm. after the race, the horse was just going buck wild and just, like, biting at all the other horses. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I won this. I love uh, I love sports with animals because they they gotta be horses once they're done being athletes. <laughs> also, uh, I made I think I talked about this at our Discord. That horse's uh, sperm just got like a thousand times more valuable now that he's a Kentucky Derby winner. And just imagine if that applied to like athletes and other sports. As like I said, how much people pay for some Arch Manning specimen. Oh, you're talking about a high schooler specimen. Get out of here. I oh, mean, I it could weird. be Archie. It could be his grandfather. Well, are we... <laughs> isn't that basically what the, I went straight to Arch. Isn't that basically what the bidding war is really for? Because he's a really good prospect, but let's not pretend that his value isn't being maybe a little bit inflated. Let's not pretend by the you fact he's a Manning. You let's not pretend you couldn't convince a room full of dumb boosters like that you need to <laughs> obtain a Manning specimen to create a Manning child that twenty years down the road will start at your college. Like you sound that's crazy. I don't know. I think I could convince some boosters. <laughs> yeah, booster booster palpatine will love that approach. <laughs> Think about the dumb... Oh, man, you totally could. That's what's scary, is you totally could convince them, and then you'd leave them going, like, what have I done? <laughs> you are fulfilling your destiny. <laughs> right. They're going to have, like, an entire, like, uh, school system in some podunk town in South Georgia or South Alabama where, like, okay, 
the the package has been delivered. He's going to this elementary school, this middle school, and then he'll come up through this high school and we'll keep he's with this great family. And in 18 years, we're going to have a five-star quarterback. Gotta love college quarterback breeding programs. (laughs) (laughs) It's the future, man. If it was going to start, it would start in the SEC. Look, you can go for a bidding war for a kid that you're not even sure he's going to pan out. Or you can genetically engineer your future starting quarterback. The choice is yours. I mean, we talk about this like it's the future. Look at the Mannings. How do we know this isn't? recent history right <laughs> they're, the fir- they're the first family of football but wait until the tell-all book comes out right you're like holding tryouts for female quarterbacks just to find the one female with the strongest arm or something the most athletic build like <clears throat> her hands you know are how, big. her hands are big get her 100 100 arranged marriages decided by like combine workouts only <laughs> she got she did a she got a great vertical great hands she ran a four. Like this is the one. This is the one. I don't know. I don't. I. I. I'm, I don't know. She's got bad hips right there. You know, she <laughs> couldn't turn around and get that ball fast <laughs> enough. How can, uh, how can she? How can she give birth to those hips? Sorry, I went too far. You took it. You know how in um in a Star <laughs> Wars, there's like an island of misfit toys, but for like the weird defective clones. Of a uh, yes, Django I, Fett, I, I feel that. like Eli Manning's one of those. It's like, well, he didn't turn out perfect, but he's still, you know, he's still good. He still won two Super Bowls, so he's he he wasn't that bad. Against did. Tom Brady, who would have the most expensive sperm in the world. I mean, let's let's not even talk about that. He would he would certainly command the top dollar on the market. Top dollar. He even provides you with like his dieting regiment for the past, you know, four forty eight months. We'll this is what you exactly. need to eat while you're on gestation period. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Yeah, his might come with too many restrictions. He's like, we only guarantee the viability of this process if the child adheres to this diet for the first eighteen years. I'm sorry, this diet says he can't have milk till he's five. Like. Yeah, see, it, it, his is too much like a high-performance sports car where it's like, oh, it's great. Oh, something broke? No, you can't get parts for that. <laughs> Just buy a new car. You yeah. got to pump that premium gas at the pump, and you're like, this is so much more money. Buddy, pumping premium gas never had such an interesting meaning. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's pumping premium. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, just think about oh my gosh, like the fantastic like pregnancy announcements you could do right now. Gas prices are high, but I'm pumping a premium, and it's like coming November 2022. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thanks, thanks, Joe. It cost me eight dollars to pump premium. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at pumping premium. Oh, all right. I think we've run out of sports that I give a crap about. Uh, <laughs> anyone have any final things they want to say? Uh, the Stanley Cup, I think, happened. And I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know who won. <laughs> I don't know who won it. I mean, I think I would enjoy hockey if I lived in an but area they didn't where keep everyone stealing else... our teams. <laughs> yes, if I lived in a in a, a neighborhood or an area where people gave a crap. Yeah. Oh I wait, would go be sharks. Right there with them. Hold on, go sharks. Go yeah, sharks. Go, go sharks. Of course. I'm like, I like um, their, I like the color scheme. I think the best thing I've seen on Twitter in the past, in the recent memory, was when USC posted a uh, remember and honor Memorial Day post with Chinese jets in front of the American flag. <laughs> oh, that was you good. S- did you see oh, that, Justin? That was good. Yeah, they uh, they took it down as soon as the the vets came in. And said, uh, "Those don't look like those don't. Those don't. I've I've I only do, seen I do feel for the social guy. He was probably just looking for a jet, but didn't. Yeah, think that, like uh, jets are pretty yeah. identifiable, especially if you go okay, with the real one. Where where in the season is NHL? They're deep into the playoffs. I think the la- they just started the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's oh. not good. Because I or did just it went- just end. I just oh, went to still... ESPN. I just went to ESPN because I was like, I don't know. I'm what is going off hockey? I don't even know. Like, I almost got curious. They're in the finals. Yeah, but 
NHL doesn't even show up on the top bar. You got to like go to the drop down menu for the other sports to pull up NHL. And they're in their freaking finals. I was reading somewhere that they have a deal now with with somebody else that's not ESPN, so I'm not surprised that but it's Sky Sport uh, for somebody. Yeah, I'm not surprised oh. it's buried on ESPN. Um, the real the real worldwide leader in sports, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's is it, I think it's TNT. Oh. Now we're gonna say stick with Sky Sports. That sounds better. It's the fifth wealthiest professional sports league by revenue in the world. Can anyone mm-hmm. name the other four? Do they have a? Does ESPN have a Canadian domain? Yeah, like, it's is there TSN. a ESPN dot CA or whatever? No, it's TSN, think... right? The Sports Network. I think it's yes. TSN. Yeah. Hey, y'all didn't answer my trivia question. <sighs> What's that? NHL is the fifth wealthiest sports professional sports league in the world by revenue. Professional sports, so you know that's not college football. <laughs> Uh, what are the other four? Okay. So you have the other big American professional leagues who make a lot of money, MLB, NFL, NBA. I'm sure I would expect some or all of those are probably on the list. They are all there. What is yep. the one? And then, let's see, the one... Is it going to be... A European Soccer League, but which one makes the most money? English Premier League. Yes, you arrived. EPL. Yeah, the the only reason I I think the only reason there's not you know more soccer leagues competing up there with NFL and NBA in terms of total money mm-hmm. is there's just not as many teams, right? Right. So like if you're Ticket revenue and your TV contracts are for 20 teams a year instead of 30 teams a year, right? You're missing out on a big chunk. Right. All Ooh, right we got it. We win. I got to go pump some premium. So, um, sounds like a personal thing. <laughs> oh, I got to teach people this new joke. I'm just keeping it to that. No, just wait till the episode comes out, then everyone will know it. <laughs> exactly. Right, I'm, I'm gonna go. Leave. I'm gonna go sniff around uh, UGA Sports Complex and see where they're where we're engineering our next quarterback, and I will let you know if he looks more like Arch Manning or Stetson Bennett.